You're listening to the Forefront Church Sermon Podcast. Forefront Church is a progressive Christian community more interested in asking good questions than having all the right answers. Thanks for listening. teaching pastor here on the executive council. So grateful that you have joined us for worship today in person and online. Um, As you've already heard, we are starting a new sermon series, The Holy Spirit and You, and it's really going to be an exciting time these next three Sundays. Um, I'll be speaking on what is the Holy Spirit, then the next week we will have Embracing the Spirit, and the week after that we will have Sharing the Spirit in Community. Um, One of the things that the leadership here does, um, EC and the staff, is that we come together, um, we pray, and we ask the Holy Spirit to direct us as we bring together sermon series. So if there's a particular topic that you have in mind, something that you'd like to hear us preach about, um, certainly let us know. Um, You can email us at ec at forefrontnyc.com. We have our sermon series throughout the fall, but we definitely would like to hear from you as well. So today's topic is, what is the Spirit? And oftentimes, as we think about the Holy Spirit, it's within the context of the Trinity. And the Trinity is one of the mysteries of our faith. Um, It is very, very centered in some faith traditions. Theologians of old uh, came up with this terminology, Trinity. The term is not actually in the Bible. But they came up with this term or doctrine to be able to think about one God in three distinct persons, one God in three equitable persons. So it would be God and then Jesus and then the Holy Spirit. So in my Catholic faith tradition, we talked a lot about the Trinity. Um, In fact, making the sign of the cross was something that we were really familiar with. It really wasn't um, inclusive terminology. However, we constantly made the sign of the cross. So any of you familiar with Catholic tradition in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit? Um, We also learned it in Spanish, in el nombre del Padre y del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo. Amen. Right? So a lot of focus was on the Trinity. And... With the Trinity, uh, one of the things that was important was that these persons were equitable and there was not one that was more influential over the other. However, with certain faith traditions, it seems like sometimes there were favorites, if you will. Um, I know that in my Pentecostal faith tradition, there was a lot of emphasis placed on the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit working through you, the Holy Spirit being involved in the worship experience, how the Holy Spirit was leading and guiding your life, right? Um, How the Holy Spirit was working throughout the world and what we could do to join the Holy Spirit in her work. However, with other faith traditions, sometimes the Holy Spirit Um, was silenced. Um, Sometimes there was um, a level of discomfort as it related to the Holy Spirit because people felt like, because I guess maybe holy was in it, that they were not worthy to be connected 
with the Holy Spirit. Maybe they felt like they weren't deep enough. So anytime you talk about the Holy Spirit, um, it would make some people feel uncomfortable. As it related to the Holy Spirit, sometimes how it was introduced made people feel unsafe and uncomfortable because with various emotions and various behaviors, that was the only thing that they associated the Holy Spirit with. So if there were things that made people unsafe, then certainly they would not want to have any sort of connection to it. In my faith tradition, you came to Christ, and then once you stopped doing a host of things, then the Holy Spirit could come upon your life. So salvation and then sanctification. Sanctification was the consecration, being set apart, um, staying away from people who weren't saved, people who didn't know the Lord, uh, not drinking, not smoking. If you're a woman, not wearing pants, um, not wearing makeup, not going to the movies. Any of this sound familiar to anybody? Okay, and I have to say, thank God for my family, thank God for my mom that exposed us to a number of different things, even though there was um, this environment that we were connected to. When I actually came to Christ, I stopped wearing pants because like everyone in the church wasn't wearing pants. A lot of the women would not wear pants. So this wasn't anything that I was taught in my household, but I actually stopped wearing pants. And my mom went on a, a conference for her job and she came back and she brought me a pair of pants. <laughs> so I, I mean, it, it didn't last that long in terms of how long I stopped wearing pants, but it was just like, I don't know, that's what folks were doing. So like, I just stopped wearing pants. So um, anyway, love my mom. So, yes, you know, but the thing is, a lot of people felt shame. A lot of people felt like they weren't worthy. They weren't holy enough to be able to receive the Holy Spirit. And what is very concerning to me is that the Holy Spirit is a gift. And there was more emphasis placed on the do's and the don'ts and the restrictions and what you were supposed to refrain from rather than talking about the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit produces. Galatians 5, and 23 tells us, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What a wonderful world this would be if we would simply allow the fruits of the Spirit to be evident in our lives. So here we are thinking about the Holy Spirit and thinking about ways that we can deepen our faith through our connection with this gift. And as we think about our connection to Jesus, Jesus, who is the resurrected Savior, Jesus, who is the physical manifestation of God, well, once we're connected to Jesus, we're automatically connected to the Holy Spirit. And then as we think about God, the supreme deity, mother, father, our creator, once we're connected to God, we're already connected to the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is another source of support in our lives. The Holy Spirit in the Greek is called the parakletos, one called alongside to help. 
And when Jesus was carrying on his earthly ministry, when he was healing, when he was associated, associating with people who were the untouchables and the marginalized of society, when Jesus was teaching his followers to love without exception, he talked about going away, a place where his disciples would not be able to go, but they would be connected to him at a later time. John 14 and 3 tells us, I'm on my way to get your room ready. I'll come back and get you so you can live where I live. So when his followers, when Jesus' disciples and even his enemies heard this, they were puzzled. They were confused about what Jesus was saying because Jesus had been with them. Jesus was in the trenches with them. They were able to um, see all of Jesus' wonderful works. And Jesus had influenced and touched so many lives. So when Jesus began to talk about leaving, they became very, very unsettled because their friend would no longer be with them. And they had assumed that life would be different and life would not be the same. And it was something that they were not able to imagine. I actually had a manager who I was working with. Her name is Gail. We're good friends to this day. And we started out as um, employee, employer, and we became very good friends. She um, was a mentor. We did great work together. I was her project director. Uh, we traveled. We did a lot of trainings in various parts of the country, and I really had a blast. And not only did we do great work together on campus, we were able to have fun. We went to a lot of Broadway plays together, so she was definitely a good friend. And one day, she called all of her direct reports to her office. And she had a lovely office with sort of like a suite, and a bunch of us were sitting there. And she proceeds to tell us that she is leaving, that she's moving. And when I tell you that I have never experienced anything like this in a workplace, we were crying, we were like doing the ugly cry, we were upset, we just couldn't believe that she was leaving because Gail had impacted our lives that much. And she told us that she wasn't just going to, you know, I don't know, another place, another job in the New York metropolitan area. She was actually moving to Southern California. And we were devastated. We felt helpless. And I can only imagine how the disciples felt after being connected with Jesus Christ. And Peter became really upset about it and said, hey, I want to go wherever you're going, Lord. He said, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. I mean, and there's no shade against Peter, but it didn't actually go down like that. And let's be clear, hey, we can all relate to Peter now, can't we? But Jesus assured his friends that he would not be deserting them. He would not be leaving them without a source of support, without a comforter. And Jesus said, hey, don't let this rattle you. If you trust God, then trust me. And Jesus wanted them to know that he would not leave them alone. So Jesus 
began to talk about this special gift with them, the gift that we'll be talking about over the next couple of weeks. And this gift would help them, the gift of the Holy Spirit, would help them to live an abundant life through Christ. And this amazing gift would be with them always, everywhere, in all situations, at all times. And Jesus said, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Jesus had shared so many things. Jesus had taught them how to love and how to connect with people that were not in the group, in the in-group. Jesus taught them how to love on people that were in the out-group and along the margins. And Jesus wanted them, through the Holy Spirit, to be able to exercise this same love and to be witnesses for Jesus. The Holy Spirit is not just limited to the New Testament. We also have several references of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament as well. Among other things, we find the Spirit participating in creation, giving life to humanity and other creatures. In James Weldon Johnson's Creation, which is a poem written in 1922, he talks about the creation. And this poem is very special to me because it's a poem that my youth leader, Rose, gave to me when I was 11 years old. And it's a long piece. And when she gave it to me, I'm like, do you really think that I could do this? I mean, I used to get stage fright all the time. And she had great confidence in me. And I was able to share this poem during Children's Day when I was 11 years old. And I still remember it to this day. And the end of the poem goes a little bit like this. I'll modify some of the language. But James Weldon Johnson actually makes a reference to God as she in the, at the end of this piece. And he goes on to write, this great God, like a mammy bending over her baby, kneeled down in the dust, toiling over a lump of clay till she shaped it in her own image. Then into it, she breathed the breath of life and man became a living soul. Amen, amen, amen. And I was able to receive my first standing ovation at 11 years old after this poem. <laughs> but this particular end of the poem is a reference to Genesis 2 and 7. The voice translation says this. One day, the eternal God scooped dirt out of the ground, sculpted into the shape we call human, breathed the breath that gives life into the nostrils of the human, and the human became a living soul. It's interesting that when Genesis says God endowed humankind with life by breathing into their nostrils the breath of life, the word for breath is the same word translated elsewhere as spirit. Breathed into this human soul, the spirit at creation. So as we think about God, we can think about the fact that God breathed life. As we think about Jesus Christ, 
Jesus Christ said, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. So as we think about having a relationship and connection to the Holy Spirit today, we can have life because the Holy Spirit is actually a gift of life. And this comforter, this advocate in the person of the Holy Spirit is here for us, giving us power, helping us to be lights and helping us to be witnesses to a world that is suffering in so many ways. And with the Holy Spirit, we are able to give that level of gentleness, to give goodness, to give love, joy, peace, and all of the fruit of the Spirit. As I think about advocacy, I think about life today, and I think about so many situations that I'm sure you've been able to advocate in, I've been able to advocate in, and so many areas where we could still allow the Holy Spirit to use us to be an advocate for others. And not to simply just be a voice for the voiceless, but to help the voiceless establish their own voices so that they can be able to be empowered. I think about the ways that the Holy Spirit advocated for me so I've been able to touch lives. My sister shared with me a story recently about her minor daughter and something that was going on at work. And she had to be an advocate for her and her husband as well. And they were able to speak to the employer um, be an advocate, even though my niece was a bit horrified, but then happy in the end. Um, she had to advocate, right? And it was tough because it was someone who they were very well connected with, but she needed to be able to advocate, and the Holy Spirit helped her to be able to do that. I teach race, gender, and the media for Newhouse NYC, and one of the assignments that I gave my student was to talk about the media coverage of the Asian American Pacific Islander violence. What is happening? What is the media covering? What are they not covering? And it's interesting because with various semesters, sometimes there's this great um, coverage and other times there's not. And my students have the opportunity though to delve into why that is. How come this coverage is ebbing and flowing as it relates to the violence against the AAPI community? And my students were horrified when they looked at the statistics, and many of them brought up that between March 2020 to December 2021, over there were over 10,000 incidents of violence against this community. To be exact, 10,905 that were recorded, right? So they began to not just write about it, but they had the opportunity to reflect. And they had the opportunity to think about how they could be advocates and what they could do to make a difference. I think about being an advocate for victims of gender-based violence. And the many times, although it was difficult to be an advocate, I had to help 
these victims. And it wasn't always easy. Sometimes it was in the middle of the night at 3 o'clock in the morning in the emergency department with prosecutor's offices that would not want me to be in the room with the victim and how I had to like talk and like barge my way to make sure that they knew they had an advocate. In the same way that Jesus let his disciples know that even though he was leaving, he was sending an advocate. And that advocate is here with us today. And it's so important to think and to lean into this advocate, this comforter, this gift. And not in a way that um, distances us, right? Not in a way that brings any shame where we have to be doing particular things in order to, to earn this gift. But it's an understanding of who the Holy Spirit is in our lives and how even though we haven't arrived because we never will, the Holy Spirit is able to work through us to make a difference in the lives of others. It helps us to be able to help others. We can be perfectly imperfect and still be loved and still give love. The Holy Spirit leads us to see and appreciate the beauty of humanity and the beauty of life. Richard Rohr, Franciscan priest, writer, and the founder of the Center for Action and Contemplation, says this, Holiness does not mean people are psychologically or morally perfect, that's a common confusion, but that they are capable of seeing and enjoying things in a much more whole and compassionate way, even if sometimes they fail at it themselves. The Holy Spirit working through us is able to help us be more compassionate, to be more loving. And I believe as Christians, we have this untapped resource in the power of this gift. The Holy Spirit is dynamic. The Holy Spirit is ever flowing and ever moving all around us. And it's so important for us to think about ways that we can join her in her great work. This week... I had a Holy Spirit moment, an encounter that I really believe the Holy Spirit was actually speaking to me. And it's so important for us to look at those ways and those areas where we feel the Holy Spirit touching us to touch someone else, where we want to encourage someone, where we just out of nowhere want to do something really nice for someone else, where we can really be intentional about making spaces of inclusion and equity for others. And it was a simple ride, a short ride in a lift. And the, the driver, and I didn't even disclose that I was a pastor, began talking about God and began talking about how when ministers preach, he feels like he is able to receive it and that they are speaking directly to him. And I said, yeah, that's how the Holy Spirit works and how the Holy Spirit moves. And he went on to say, you know, I feel like people just aren't interested in God anymore. And as he was talking, we had a great conversation, and I felt like the Holy Spirit caused me to think about Forefront Church and what we do every week and the power that exists when we come together, when we drive this van from the parking lot and when we come and meet at 8 o'clock and set up and rehearse and practice and do what we need to do to ensure this space is set to connect people with our great God. 
And he touched me in a really special way where I began to think critically about the significance of the work that we do. And not like I didn't think about it before, but it was just nice to have that refresher. And it was nice to have that reminder about the important work that we do here. And as I talked to him, I said, what we're actually doing is loving people to life. What we're actually doing here is helping people be free just as they are. What we're actually doing here is making a difference in the lives of individuals and working through and working with the Holy Spirit so that people can go out and do likewise, so that they can go out and do the same and touch their families and touch their communities and touch all of their spaces of influence with the good news that all we need to do is not go through a checklist, but love God, love ourselves, and love our neighbors as ourselves. So I share that with you to encourage you to go out and do the same. And the people of God said, amen, amen. So if you're joining us online, I would invite you to please put your prayer requests uh, your praises, your celebration into the chat. You know, post-sermon is an opportunity for us to think about how the Holy Spirit um, has been speaking to us and then how we can respond. And even if you're in church and you have YouTube or Facebook pulled up, you're more than welcome to go ahead and put your prayer requests into the chat at this time. I like to close with a prayer from Ephesians 3, verses 6 through, 16 through 18. Please pray with me. Dear God, strengthen your people. Fill their souls with the power of your spirit so that through faith, the anointed one will reside in their hearts. May love be the rich soil where their lives take root. May it be the bedrock where their lives are founded so that together with all of your people, they will have the power to understand that the love of the anointed is infinitely long, wide, high and deep, surpassing everything anyone previously experienced. God, may your fullness flood through their entire being. Thanks for listening to the Forefront Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Forefront and how we're ushering in the next 500 years of Christianity, visit ForefrontChurch.com.